0: what is going on i want to welcome you from half court for the first time in video for all of you watchers out there i am sean murphy and today i am joined in video by my by my marquette dirk Nowitzki, my rock in life the mailman to my john stockton except didn't impregnate little teenagers troy sergi how you doing man
1: I was good until you made that comparison, Sean. But <laughs> don't—I'm not the mailman. Don't no. compare me to Carl Malone ever again, Sean. Dude,
0: honestly, this is a very anti-Carl Malone podcast, and I'm glad that that kind of goes without saying because Carl Malone, kind of a piece of garbage, turns out. Um, yeah.
1: Now I feel like a piece of garbage just being with the same sentence as Carl Malone, Sean. So thank you for that.
0: Well, Troy, take the hint. But anyway, this is from <laughs> Half Court. <laughs> no, this is from Half Court. We're each and every week, Troy. Uh, you and I, uh, we sit down. We talk all things NBA basketball by fans for fans. If you like that, be sure to follow us on Twitter at sergey 44 at Sean Half Court. And we are now posting each and every Wednesday. So that's new. Um, but also as you can tell, if you're an audio listener, you can now get this podcast in video format. You just have to go on YouTube, look for the channel from half court, give us a subscribe, slap that notification bell for videos coming out each and every week. Troy, I've been having a good time, uh, since I've started, I've been, uh, I've been addicted, man. It's, it's been really fun making videos. Um, and, uh, you, uh, you just called me out for my uh, 2K video the, as of a recording. It came out today um, about how I talked a pretty mean game, and uh, I did not back it up.
1: You almost never back it up, Sean.
0: <laughs> almost never? When, when, that's not even warranted. That's not true. Troy, have you ever even come within 20 against me in 2K?
1: Yeah, I had we within five one time with the 08 Celtics and uh, the modern day Pistons. Within oh, five, Sean. You were talking okay. a big game. Okay, within well. five, it, Sean. And okay. I, I'm not a 2K guy. Okay. But I listen. I expecting a 50 point blowout, but five points, Sean? Hmm.
0: Listen, let's all right. Let's get in. Uh, we're all All right, real quick before. I'm we calling you out well,
1: ever since the Carl Malone uh, comparison. Dude, I, I could I'm tell. Never letting it go. Not letting it go.
0: Dude, I, I could tell you're out for blood. Like, there's there's two times, which we haven't talked about this yet either. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, um, I talked about, uh, we we talked about uh, Colby White in a segment, Colby White, and and you brought up, oh yeah, I like Colby White, he's a pretty good player, and I made the joke, he'll be playing somewhere in China or Europe next year. Like, absolutely joking, and there was someone that listened that literally, like, that was your friend, and you texted me about it saying, my friend was pissed about the Kobe White comment. Like, we don't take Kobe White slander. And I was like, he's not even that good. Where did this come from?
1: First of all, shout out to Axel Sites for listening to every single podcast that we've <laughs> done so far. And second, he is that good, Sean. Really? Really.
0: Why'd they go get Lonzo Ball?
1: Because he's not as good as Lonzo Ball but he's still very good Sean
0: Okay but if he's very good he wouldn't get replaced by Lonzo Ball
1: well, Okay replaced is not the right term going What's the right- hand, hand in hand hand in hand good player good player I mean you're not allowed to have a good backup Sean in the NBA I'm sorry how do you win how do wait, you win
0: Wait in- wait 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 hold on I'm sorry What'd you what'd you just say you're not allowed to have a good backup yeah he's a good backup so he's not really good really good would be a starting point guard he's a good backup second stringer
1: he's all i have to say is he should not be compared to a chinese player or european player he belongs in this league he's going to make tremendous impact on this league i'm here for kobe white and you should be too sean
0: moving on uh (laughs) Troy, I can tell this is going to be an ongoing thing, and I'm kind of here for it. But anyway, um, we'll move on before we get too kind of into Colby White talk, because apparently I'm just slandering him. Um, Troy, there's a lot that's happened this past week. Um, Cade Cunningham put up uh, 24 points, went 7-10 behind the three-point line. It was great, um, today Jalen Green came shooting for Detroit. I don't even know if that's worth talking about.
1: I don't think so. We'll skip that on the podcast. Yeah,
0: listen, man, I think he's just salty, he didn't get the number one pick, and I think that's just him being competitive about it. So,
1: a funny meme of uh, you remember that episode of SpongeBob with Driver's Ed, and there was that that big bully, and he said, I'm gonna kick your butt, mm-hmm. and then SpongeBob tenses up, and that the whole episode's just them going back, and it compared. Jalen Green to SpongeBob and uh, the bully to Isaiah Stewart, right?
0: <laughs>
1: so that'll be uh, that was a funny meme I saw on Twitter today.
0: I uh, I re- I replied to this because apparently uh, another thing Jalen Green did at the summer league um, is he wore a Dion Sanders shirt because Dion Sanders uh, said I was kind of scared. I thought Detroit was going to take me. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, so I was
1: kinda of scared. I thought the lines were gonna take me. Yep, yeah, I remember that quote.
0: Um so I um I responded with the urban dictionary definition of petty. Um, which is petty is when you make a fucking big deal over small shit. And 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 the sample sending sentence, sentence is you're petty. All I said was I wasn't interested. Can you please chill bitch? <laughs> And so I responded with that. I don't normally swear on this program. I thought that was worth reading. I laughed really hard when I saw that. I was like, literally definition. Like, it's not even that big of a deal. You got drafted second. Calm down. Anyway, Troy, um, what I I really wanted to talk about was the Malice in the Palace documentary dropped. And this Mm -hmm. is something we had been talking about for quite a bit. Um, Troy, what did you think? And why were you kind of disappointed?
1: Well, I, I at the end of the day, I did like it. I would say I probably liked it more than I was disappointed. But there was some parts of disappointment for a Pistons fan, I think, because it obviously was a, a biased film, but biased on purpose. And I, I don't think that's always necessarily a bad thing. But I think, of course, when you're a Pistons fan and you hear that there's a documentary about your sports team, you kind of hope it's a little more in your your side of the 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 table but unfortunately that wasn't the case but I I did like it Sean and because it of course I think the Pacers side needed to be said um I really much uh, very much appreciated you know especially what Jermaine O'Neal had to say and I think there's a lot that went on I think uh with with his you know situation where he actually took the NBA to court and won and got his suspension from 30 games to 25 games so that was pretty cool to hear his side um run our test uh did not realize he had you know some psychological you know issues that really kind of led to that point and he, he was trying to work on on that uh, when he was laying on that table and then of course the, the beer came from the from the stands and then he tackled the wrong guy and mm-hmm. we all know what happened he squared up against the fan uh steven jackson came to the crowd too but um you know i i'm all for I'm, i like you know i'm a history guy so when when, when players are politicians or whatever look back on the past and say wow this was a, a a moment in history that really shaped who i am today and really shaped the the direction of my life or my career whatever that career may be and i think they did a good job with that uh, you're talking about it on a historical perspective of what that night led to as far as in the nba and i i told you earlier my favorite part of the documentary was when they were interviewing ron artest after game seven of the 2010 nba finals and uh, they said congratulations ron you're finally an nba champion and he said first of all i wanted to say i should have won a championship back in 2005 with the indiana Pacers, with jermaine o'neal with Steven jackson with reggie miller i feel like a sellout i feel like a cop out um i just wanted to get that off my chest before i celebrated but yes i'm finally a champion right i i thought that was a really special moment um you know as an nba fan and as someone who followed that event so so closely um so that was probably the best part of, of the documentary in my opinion um but there was just random stuff you know like i i don't know if you saw our buddy nick's uh, take on buckets but he talked about how it was kind of weird how there was just you know random jerseys in the middle of the street with no really context with it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, so there, there was some things that really didn't make sense, like that one Pistons fan all dressed up. They redressed him, and he was like, why are you a super fan in this documentary? <laughs> it's 15 years have gone by. Like, what are you doing? Um, so there was a lot of weird things to the documentary, but overall, it's worth everyone's time to watch. If you have not watched uh, yeah. Untold Stories, the Mouse of the Palace documentary on – Netflix so yeah overall um, good but a little bit disappointing as far as a Pistons fan, fans perspective.
0: Yeah I think um, you know listen I, I, I do think they do a good job and I and I do think the objective of the story is to talk about what happened from the perspective of the Pacers because I mean listen that group was um, falsely um, characterized as thugs as, um, as hooligans as being um, the group That's responsible for everything that happened. Um, And I think, as I said, you know, last time we talked about this at length and I'm not and and this documentary didn't change my opinion on it. I think at the end of the day, um, I think it was a perfect storm of crap fest that should have been avoided in every single stretch. So, first of all, I mean, foul happened within like the last, what, two minutes of the game. 52 Um, seconds, Sean. First of all, none of those guys, none of those guys in, in the modern NBA would have even been on the court at this point. Mm-hmm. Um Ron Artest didn't need to foul as hard as he did. Um we also learned that one of his teammates reminded him that this would be a good time to foul. Um so well, yep, so he played a part in it. Um Ben Wallace didn't have to react the way that he did, but also he was in an emotional state. He had recently lost his brother. Um so and then on the other hand, I mean obviously if there's a clear bad guy in this situation, um, the guy who threw the cup. Um, and right. we see his interview in this documentary and it confirms exactly what we all suspect, you know, like suspected the guy's a prick. So, um, <laughs> you know, like, listen, there's just no dancing around that. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think, uh, ultimately, even though there is justification to, um, feel bad for the Pacers for sure, because, um, it did ultimately uproot their team, cost them, um, their chances at a championship. Um, at the end of the day, um, first of all, they assembled an entire locker room of just of of just known as like the um, the out there personalities in the league, right? I mean, you have right. Steven Jackson, you have Ron Artest, you have Jermaine O'Neal, you have uh, you, you have uh, Reggie Miller, right? I mean, like Reggie Miller, like he 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 wasn't a dirty player by any means, but like you know, listen, he wasn't. Exactly. Mr. Clean. You know what I'm saying? So how do you um,
1: not know Reggie Miller is on the Indiana Pacers, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that part was funny. But, you know, to me, like ultimately at the end of the day, what I'm going to like remember about this documentary is just like I just wish that. I mean, they had they they did the they brought in Ben Wallace. Um, There were parts where we got to hear from some Pistons players a little bit. Um, but I think, um, at the end of the day, I do wish that it was a more well fleshed out and rounded out documentary, um, hearing from the Pistons perspective of that night, because ultimately, um, even though you didn't have a lot of those guys having to go through a lot of the pain and a lot of the stuff that like the Pacers players had to go through, um, it happened on their home court, it happened against them, it was their fans, they had to live with that right so like it would have been interesting to hear from their perspective like how do you how do you like justify that as like that's your fan base that like reacted the way that they did and like things happened the way that they did right and so um you know it, it was a huge momentum shifting thing for the nba where players had to start dressing up a lot differently and they're like you know at the end of the day like um i i just remember the um just the way that um, David Stern was really trying to shift the image of these players after this event, but at the same time, a lot of it, I don't think you would get that kind of coverage ever again um, in the modern day if something like that happened. I think we're in a much more pro-player, um, respect boundaries as a fan type of society now. Um, but at the same time, I just, you know, like like you said, right? I mean, like, there were just certain things where, um, you know, like, I said, this is a joke, um, but like the documentary lost me when they said Jermaine O'Neal was the best interior defender in the league. I mean, listen, there's like, he was a great defender. And at that time he was one of the best interior defenders in the league. But like, are we not going to pretend that Ben Wallace was on that team? And that, um, on that
1: court, right? Yeah. On that court,
0: (laughs) um, was a three time defensive player of the year, um, was known for his, oh, I don't know, interior defending at 6'9 compared to 6'11. So, you know, at the end of the day, ultimately I feel bad for the Pacers, but they ultimately did do that to themselves. They did ultimately react the way that they reacted, which, I mean, I don't blame them. I mean, if I'm Steven Jackson and I see one of my teammates going and getting punched and all that stuff, I'm going to do something about it too. But um, listen, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's it's just one of those things where that roster was, you know, there wasn't ever gonna be a moment I think where the stars just all aligned because, you know, there were problems beforehand. Like Ronner Tess wanted to go make his rap album. He just clearly yeah. wasn't in a state where um he was able and ready to play basketball. And I think at that time mental health, I mean gosh, even like five years ago. We didn't have near near enough of a grasp on it as a society, let alone 15 or 17 years ago at this point um, in a society where um, black men were treated the way that they were, like, you right. know... Um, like calling a calling a guy a thug was a passing phrase back then now it's right. like
1: and, and we- compared to i liked how jermaine o'neal brought brought up hockey too right we're not you don't use that language mm-hmm. in a hockey match of thug but uh when it's african-american men uh thug would definitely be a derogatory word towards mm-hmm. the african-american players right
0: yeah especially when like you know and, and like that just shows like the cultures of the sports are different you know what I mean like if an M- if an NBA player gets in a fight it's a thug but if it's a if it's a hockey player that gets in a fight, it's the five minute power play bought to you by taco Bell you know what I'm saying so like it's uh like just the way that it's all shaped is different so you know like 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 we said I, I do wish that they would have put in a little bit more of the effort um especially I think the last dance really raised the bar for me on what to expect from sports documentaries. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think 30 for 30 in general um, set the bar. And I don't think this near got there because I think, I think what 30 for 30 does so well is that they, that is that they tell you what the story is going to be. They, they, they format it of what it's going to be, but they, they don't just give you one perspective. You know what I mean? So um, like in the last dance documentary, they brought in Isaiah Thomas to, to interview in um, the Bad Boys documentary, they brought in other teams' players and they talked about, yeah, I hated those guys' guts. Um, you know, so I think uh, ultimately, I wish that would have happened, but it didn't. We got what we got. I don't think you can expand much more on the Mouse of the Palace that we already have. Um, probably this will be the last major thing we ever get about it. And, you know, overall, I think it does a decent job of, of recapping everything. So um, at the end of the day, there's not really a good guy in this situation. There's just a lot of regrettable events that transpired. So,
1: right. Yeah. 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 Go watch it. If you have not.
0: Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Um, the other thing um, there was, uh, we didn't really talk about this beforehand. Troy, there was a little bit of a trade that happened this past week. Uh, the Clippers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the, um, so the Clippers, um, they, they ship Patrick off. Patrick Beverly. Yeah, they ship off Patrick Beverly, they ship off Rajon Rondo, um, and another player as well. In exchange for uh, Eric Bledsoe from Memphis, Um, and this, not only does it bring back a more athletic, more reliable, um, overall better point guard at this stage, um, Eric Bledsoe than Patrick Beverly or Rajon Rondo, but also, um, it saves them 30 million dollars. In the long run. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So,
0: um, allows them to potentially make some moves. Um, you know, ultimately this feels like a, a, a move to set up another move. So we'll see what that is. But then Patrick Beverly also got traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, which I love that deal for Minnesota. Personally, I think that's like, like a potential culture setter there. Getting a guy like Patrick Beverly to, Dog on guys like D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony towns to really take it seriously on the defensive end and just bring that energy night in night out. I think that could be a really big difference for Minnesota. So, um, really like the move for them and, uh, Memphis, you get some more assets and you get to make some trades to get some more guys on that team. And, um, if you can keep Ray John Rondo, I doubt you will. Um, but you know, ultimately at the end of the day, um, you know like i said allows them to make some moves and uh and the clippers they get a decent point guard in exchange and move some money off the books so um overall not too bad uh what do you think troy
1: yeah pretty good i think uh patrick beverly is kind of maybe your modern day run our test in in some areas but uh i'd like i like him pairing up you would agree with that sean yeah um, yeah,
0: I I think I think there's some merit to it. I don't. There's
1: a little merit, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways,
1: I think I think he fits well in Minnesota with Cat and uh, those guys over there. And um, I'm not really sure what Memphis is doing with right now with with I don't know I don't know if you could call it rebuilding. I think they're just structuring, if anything. Um, but I think yeah, I think what you said about LA. Doing, um, you know, making a move to make another move, maybe uh, to be yeah. contenders in the West. Uh, the West, the NBA is so competitive right now, right? With the West and the East being really superpowers, both of them. So um, really, I think the
0: East is better. By the way,
1: yeah, I I'm not sure if I'm quite there, but I'm close. Um, and I think. Uh, the west is going to be competitive so every game is going to matter this year and that's right. what's so exciting about the regular season of knowing that every game is going to matter yep. you know every what you know tnt thursday night game is going to matter right yeah um, mm-hmm. so that's what's going to be so fun about this upcoming season and for the clippers yes i think you made a move and i think you're not done making moves so uh, yeah. I'm i'm excited to see what the NBA is going to look like in about two months, Sean.
0: Yeah. And and I think the other thing too is listen, I mean, if you're the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard's probably not even going to play this season. Um, So you still want to try and utilize a, a prime year of Paul George. Um, I mean, you, Big time. You, you got Big to, time. you got to the Western conference finals and you almost, um, you played really well and forced the series to go deep, even without Kawhi Leonard in that lineup. Yep. Um, and I think, uh, and I think for Memphis, listen, you got, um, you're overachieving right now. Your timeline is moving quicker than even you expected it to. So, um, you have a promising young core with guys like Dylan Brooks and, uh, John ja Morant. And I think, listen, I Jaron
1: Jackson, Jr. Jaron Jackson, right?
0: Jr. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, uh, a real, uh, most improved player contender and Jaron Jackson Jr. Would love to see him have a pop-off season. Uh, but I mean, listen. I think I think you're just in a situation where you can just bring in some veteran guys, um, add a little bit of depth to that bench, and like, you know, they're not competing for anything right now. I mean, they already made it to the playoffs. You know what I mean? If they get to the play-in, yeah. that's that's great. Good for them. for them. Right now, yeah. And if they don't, oh darn, they get to go draft. You know, in the granted, like the the bottom of the lottery. But like, yeah. listen, like if you miss the playoffs. Oh, man, you have to go draft another young player to add to that team, which um, so far they've done a really good job drafting. So, um, you know, I, I I think it's a good situation for them. Um, I think uh, overall, you know, pretty, pretty by the numbers trade. And I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm sure we're going to see some other things happening. Um, but a team. Uh, was there anything else that we were going to bring up, Troy, that I'm forgetting about before we move into our main topic? Or am I? Uh,
1: As far as trades, I don't think so. That was kind of the main one. Um, Yeah, I
0: think we're just going to talk about Mouse of the Palace stuff, and then kind of just get right into it. I mean, we could
1: do a brief, brief summary of the last two games for uh, or three games for Piston Summer League. I don't know if you had that at the end, but
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I I think kind of like you know, like we said overall. I mean, Cade Cunningham, um, you know, turns out that guy can uh, surely do. Uh, surely do that basketball well so you could
1: stroke it from deep
0: please don't say that again anyway um yeah ultimately i think uh yeah i think to your point uh i think he can play really well and ultimately i think if you're the uh um if you're the detroit pistons i mean you know listen kade cunningham he might not have started out the way that you wanted it to but at the end of the day he ultimately um surely came back and and fixed it so um yeah heck of a heck of performance out of him
1: luca garza two-way contract That's yeah big too.
0: yeah luca garza shout out to him man congratulations on uh on earning that contract the the two-way contract and he
1: earned it he yeah, earned it
0: absolutely earned it so ultimately found the pistons i'm feeling optimistic about where we're going from forward mm-hmm. um listen i think uh i think if there's anything that um, that the summer league proved, I don't think there's any overreactions to make, but if there's anything that we can say for certain, um, Cade Cunningham's going to be best utilized when the ball's in his hands and when he's allowed to play with the ball. So, um, I think, you know, Killian Hayes, ultimately, if that is going to work, um, that's on him and ultimately if it happens, great, but if it doesn't, that's okay because we have Cade Cunningham. So Um, you know, that's just one of those things where, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to see what Kate does with more talented guys alongside him, but I think we also know what he's got to work on too. So kind of a good, kind of a good best of both worlds thing there. I agree Um, fully. I agree fully. Now moving on to our topic of the show. Um, so I messaged you Troy, um, earlier in the week. And like on Friday, I don't normally talk to you about topic of the show until day before day of, um, I knew pretty late last week what I wanted to talk about this week and work cards. hmm. Well, yeah. So we're going to start our report cards with, um, uh, a team that in my opinion deserves the lowest grade of any team in the NBA, as far as how their off season went. And that team is the Boston Celtics. Uh, Now, listen, I think, and I'm going to preface this by saying, I in no way think that the Boston Celtics are screwed. I in no way think that they're in danger as a franchise. Ultimately, if you have uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as your young core, I think you're in as good of a position going forward as any team. Correct. However, um, A team in the Boston Celtics that two out of the past three seasons, you make the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, A team in the Boston Celtics that um, at one point had Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Um, You were stacked with talent to get to this point now where, um, first of all, Brad Stevens absolutely lost the locker room this year um widely reported uh worst kept secret in the league um you don't f- just fire him you fire him and promote him to president of basketball operations
1: going backwards, Sean. You're going backwards um, as an organization.
0: Danny Ainge retires and and ultimately um you're now in this situation where you bring back Al Horford which i think saves them money in the long run gets you off Kemba's contract but that signing was an absolute disaster following the Kyrie Irving signing which was also an absolute disaster for Boston and now you're in a situation where the only other you know the only other acquisition that you made in the offseason that you can look at and go man that's a pretty good acquisition for them is Josh Richardson right i mean they also, um, you know, they also were able to um, get Dennis Schroeder on a $5 million contract. They got Enos Kanter. He came back, which, by the way, the past four seasons, he has played for the Portland Trailblazers, the Boston Celtics, the Portland Trailblazers, and now he's back on the Boston Celtics. Um, so make up your mind, Enos. Um, but, you know, ultimately, now you're in this situation where, you um, Troy, the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics made a pivotal trade back in the day, which ended up allowing Boston to get Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Right. If you were to look back at that trade and tell me that Brooklyn would be in a position to contend for a championship before Boston, I would be ringing the alarm bells and asking some serious questions. Right. Now they now now Brooklyn got a pretty good free agency haul.
1: Right, and Don't that's how home. they're able to compete. Right, is the free of agency. Of course,
0: of course, but that wouldn't—you wouldn't have gotten that haul if it wasn't for what Brooklyn did in the interim before getting those players in. Right, right, so, and that's
1: for, that's remind our viewers what Sean's talking about, and that's the 2014-13 acquisition, uh, sending Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, right, two of mm-hmm. their big three, yep. to Brooklyn uh, in exchange for some. Uh, some beautiful uh potato chips, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, for a bag of chips, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but really little did we i remember I remember, you know, when I first met Sean uh in 2017, uh Brooklyn was the worst team in the league, right? Their best player was Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. and you I remember having a conversation with you, like, what's the Brooklyn Nets future? And you're like, they're going to be really bad, and they're going to be really bad for a long time. There's no change in the Brooklyn Nets because they uh, threw away all their draft picks, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that was the big thing. That was a part of the bag of chips right there was the
0: draft. Who ended up being
1: Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown.
0: Yeah, but listen, they, they, they threw away their future in a lot of those draft picks, but the thing is is that the draft picks that they did have, they didn't miss. And they didn't miss at all. Like you know, you bring in a guy like you know you. you uh, they they get Spencer Dinwiddie, um, trading for him.
1: Right, um, he was our draft pick, Sean. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know, I know.
0: They traded for him, um, like like I said, um, but they draft a guy like Karis vert You know, they bring yeah. in a guy like like Joe Harris. Um yeah. they draft a and guy
1: like Jared Allen for a little bit.
0: Yeah, Jared. I was just about to bring up Jared Allen. He's an absolute stud. So listen, they. They didn't miss and they didn't waste those draft picks because those were ultimately what, what allowed them to bring in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and allowed them that opportunity. But mm-hmm. with Boston, you had all these draft picks. And, like, you know, another one of those draft picks allowed them to get Marcus Smart, which they, they just signed on a four-year extension, which absolutely they needed to do. But, yeah, um, you know, what was, what was Boston's biggest move at the trade deadline last year? They got... Evan Fournier right from Orlando and now you just let him walk Mm -hmm. not for
1: especially what he did in the Olympics this past year
0: yeah now don't get me wrong I wouldn't want to pay him what what the what the New York Knicks are going to be paying him so I'm not saying that like you know I'm not saying all is lost I, I think it makes sense you don't pay him that kind of money but at the same time I think okay well um, what's, what's the game plan here, Boston? Because Giannis isn't going anywhere. Um, we just got an extension from Kevin Durant. He's not going anywhere. Um, the Pistons, uh, drafted Cade Cunningham. So they could be coming back at some point. Uh, the Toronto Raptors are never out of the equation. The Orlando Magic just got Jalen Suggs. Um, so, you know, it's like one of those things where, I, I absolutely think that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are gonna develop and I think they're only gonna get better, but like, you know, um, what's uh you're you're essentially not filling your cap space this off season because you didn't like what was out there in free agency. So uh what's your game plan here, Boston? What's the what's the situation? So yeah, I I think it's absolutely uh you know, what you know, what am I missing here, Troy? What's uh what's yeah. going on in Boston?
1: You're not really missing anything, Sean. And I think the big thing, if I were uh, GM of Boston right now, I think you gotta surround Tatum. You have to surround Tatum with the best pieces. Mm-hmm. And they're just not doing that. I know I I'm high on Schroeder, like I like Schroeder, but you're not surrounding tatum with championship level performances players that who can compete on that level potentially even players who have competed on that level before um so yeah if i'm boston i need to be surrounding tatum with the best possible uh pieces because i mean when is he a free agent sean next year two years from now like
0: yeah i was just i was just about to pull up his, his their contracts right now
1: there is no guarantee that you're going to have Tatum for uh, a, a 15, 20 year career, like a Reggie Miller or a Kobe or a Dirk. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I think the seat is hot in Boston and the clock is ticking because you need to surround Tatum with the best pieces. Now yeah. I, now they have pieces that are tradable. Sure. I, I guess I, I see that perspective, but I don't see anyone in the rumors or on the market, right? Like you could trade a Marcus smart. You, you really could trade a Jalen Brown even too, um, but I, I don't know. I don't know, Sean.
0: Yeah, I, I think, I, I think you hold off on, uh, I think you hold off on trading Jalen Brown unless yeah, yeah, you, I, unless I you too. absolutely have to. Right, so, right, and that's what I was getting at. But yeah, go ahead. So, um, so Boston does have time. Um, so, um, the five-year extent extension, the max extension that they signed Jason Tatum to. Um the first season of that is 2021-2022. So, um okay. they have four them, years after this year. Yeah, so they have them locked up for 5 years. And they have Jalen Brown locked up uh, through 2023-2024. Okay. So, they have their core locked up for right now and the rest of their roster like uh you know, they really don't have locked up very far beyond Um, you know, really the only guy that's locked up long term right now is Jason Tatum, which is a good situation to be in if you're Boston because you it gives you flexibility, it allows you to figure out where you want to go, all this stuff, right? But um the one thing, you know, I, I think, you know, I said that um Memphis has the luxury of time, right? Because you got a guy like John Morant, he's still on his rookie contract, his rookie extension's coming up next year, and he's gonna get every single dollar he deserves. Um, but if you're Boston, you are now in the situation where this contract kicks in. Um, he's absolutely here as long as he's going to be getting paid that money. But this is your audition to show him that you're serious about building a championship contender. Mm -hmm. And as he's only ascending in talent um you know what are you gonna do to surround him with talent because right right, um, right. and you Brad... don't
1: want another Allen iverson situation you don't want even a carmelo in denver situation or a new york situation right uh we've seen this time and time again in the past 10 to 15 years of excellent players who gms even lebron in cleveland right the first time um You do not want to see another situation where you fail to surround your superstar with competent players who can compete on a championship level. Yeah.
0: Especially when you're only like, you've only gone down because Mm -hmm. Jason Tatum's rookie year, you make it to the Eastern conference finals. That's fantastic
1: to a game seven.
0: Yeah. To a game seven. Um, His second year, the Kyrie Irving, you know, the Kyrie Irving year, all that debacle, you get out in the second round. You lose to the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Then you make it back to the Eastern Conference. You know, you you, you fight in the in the NBA bubble. You make yeah, it back. to the
1: COVID year. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, um, they they make it as far as they do. They make it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Lose to the Miami Heat, who go on to you know play in the finals. So you're in a situation with where if you're Boston, Jason Tatum has proved that. He can push you deep in the playoffs right now if you surround him with the talent, right? Yeah. yeah. So he even put up 50 against Brooklyn in the very first round of these playoffs. So if I'm looking at this situation, in what world should this Boston Celtics team be a play-in team, right? And now they're in a situation where... Um, they've only allowed the Eastern Conference to get stronger, and it, and it looked like at first they were waiting for uh, LeBron to leave the Eastern Conference, fight, the Eastern Conference in order for them to contend. Well, right. Giannis ain't going anywhere, right. Kevin Durant ain't going anywhere, Joel Embiid isn't going anywhere. None of these teams are going anywhere. So you know, listen, you're in a situation now where, I mean, I think Philly finishes above them. I think Brooklyn finishes above them. I think Milwaukee does. I think the I think the
1: Hawks. Watch out for Atlanta. I was just going to say that. Yeah, yep.
0: the Hawks very well could. Toronto, you could see. Chicago's going to be in the mix. I can't like, see
1: Toronto. I,
0: I I'm saying I'm not saying they're going to finish above, but I'm saying that they, I, I, like, they're in the mix, right? So, um, Miami? You know, question mark. Miami, they're very much in the mix. Um, so now you're looking at a situation in Boston where you're, you know, you're. In my opinion, your ceiling is fourth or fifth. I think your floor is 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 you know eighth. Seven, eight, seven, to yeah. Eight, so yeah. listen, you're in a situation where you're going to be in the play-in tournament again. Like, you don't so, want that. Boston. And, and ultimately, it's just about what voices you're allowing to be there long term. And one of the voices that you're allowing to be there long term is Brad Stevens. And so, I just I don't like the direction they're going. in. And I don't like the decisions they're making. I don't like the the roster as currently constructed. I don't like what what moves that they made. I it's just it's not a good situation. And quite frankly, I think we're gonna have to have a conversation at some point about how they've just completely botched having multiple all stars to borderline superstars on their team. Like, mm-hmm. what like Boston, you gotta look in the mirror, man. This is embarrassing. You know, Kemba Walker's value is at the lowest it's ever been. You know, he's in New York now, and like he, and that's after getting traded from Oklahoma to Oklahoma City. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just, yeah, it's I, I they're just a head scratcher to me, man.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really are. And uh, like I said, when you fail to surround your superstar with compatible players who can compete on the NBA cha- championship level, this is this is your this is your ceiling, right? Like an early exit in the first round, maybe mm-hmm. second, but probably not if, if if we're looking at today of how good the East is. So, yeah, I mean, I think we've summed up everything, Sean.
0: Yeah, 100%. Now, don't get me wrong. The Eastern Conference is very much always up, always up for play. And, you know, this this uh, this team especially – very well can make moves. They can attract free agents. The NBA changes literally all the time. Moves like Russell Westbrook going to the Lakers happen, and it just boggles your mind, and you're like, where did this come from? So, ultimately, they're not in a situation where they're screwed, but um, the clock's ticking, man.
1: hmm It definitely is, Sean. Uh,
0: now, I will ask you, what did you think of their hire in May Kuda, the head coach? Um, he was an assistant for uh, Greg Popovich. Mm-hmm. Um he uh he was the runner up for the Pistons job to Dwayne Casey. Um yeah. so, you know, someone that's been in contention to getting to getting a job for years is now going to be the coach of the uh, uh of this of this Boston Celtics team. Um yeah. so, uh what are your thoughts, Troy?
1: Yeah, there's a couple different things. Um I I think it's a good move. I'm not sure if it's the best move. I you know, if, I think his track record's good as an assistant to pop. Uh, but I, you know, when, you, if you put a rookie coach in a situation where there's a lot of questions, like we've just talked about for the past 25 minutes, right. Uh, it, it might get confusing. It might get chaotic is what I'm saying. I, I guess I'm, I'm putting a big caution sign on it as a rookie head coach to p- be put in that situation of trying to lead a team who, like you said, you have a superstar in his rookie season, you go push, lebron james to a game 7 right so um you know there's and they've just like you said plateaued 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 right just gone gone down 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 mm-hmm. um down the ladder and i i, I just think you, you got to have a big caution mark on that if if you're a Celtics fan but at the end of the day he's proven himself as an assistant he's proven himself um that he knows the x's and o's that he's a comp- competent coach and i I guess I trust, I trust that hire, but like I said, there's, there's some red flags with that in my opinion.
0: And Hey, you know what? You can't, uh, you can't lose the locker room worse than Brad Stevens did. So, um, you know, that is the thing. So maybe it'll be good for those guys now that he's going to be removed and up in the front office. I mean, he is, listen, I like Brad Stevens. I think he's a smart guy. Um, I also think that there's something to be said about also um, being able to connect to human beings as a human being and doesn't, and Brad Stevens doesn't exactly strike me as a guy that can relate well with young multimillionaires. So, uh, you know, (laughs) it's just one of those things. Good assessment there. Yeah, I think so. Um, So yeah, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen there going forward. Troy, I remembered what I was meaning to bring up earlier. And I think this conversa- this topic of conversation is actually going to be something that uh, I think we'll get a little more conversation out of, too. Um, what I forgot to bring up earlier, Troy, was the Carmelo Anthony quote that came out today. Yes. Um, so, um, Carmelo Anthony went on the All the Smoke podcast um, with Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes, which, by the way...
1: Great podcast. Great.
0: Than ours. Great. <laughs> Thanks, Troy. Yes, it is, though. You're not wrong. I mean, listen, they... They do a different type of podcast, but like ultimately the stuff they get players to say.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. It's on it. un,
0: unmatched.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As... Love the Kendrick Perkins episode. If you have a chance check out the Jeremy Lin episode, uh, they actually got Kobe on the podcast a couple weeks before, of course, the, the, him passing away. Um, there's some great ones. They got Iverson on there. So if you have not checked out the all of smoke podcast with Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes, check that out because it is worth your time. But yes, they had Carmelo on the podcast.
0: Yeah, And in a topic of conversation um in Carmelo's career that's always going to be there is going to be um what would have happened if he got drafted number 2 to the Detroit Pistons after LeBron James instead of Darko Milicic. And um so what we found out, Troy, um we knew uh, we knew that Carmelo Anthony um wished he would have gone to Detroit. Um, Troy, we found out he uh that the Pistons up to the day of promised
1: promised
0: not 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 just were thinking about we they promised that they were going to take Carmelo Anthony second overall. Mm-hmm. Troy. I was ready to move on. We got Cade Cunningham. I'm good. You know what I mean. That that's been my mindset. Right. They did it, Troy. They they got me back to being hurt by this. Yeah. They broke my heart again.
1: Right. 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 And I think I I remember you know when we first became friends uh, a little over four years ago. We were talking about you know obviously the huge drought of not making the playoffs. Right. We made the playoffs. Well, look if we're putting ourselves back in 2017 once in the past 9 years, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, "Sean, what what in your opinion has made us have this drought? So for so long of one playoff appearance in 9 years after making the Eastern Conference championship 3 years in a row, the finals twice, like like Sean, you know, we're we're just new friends, but we're a huge Pistons fan. What went wrong?" And you looked at me and said there's one thing. It's it's not drafting either Carmelo Anthony or Dwayne Wade. At number two, drafting Darko is is what set this off because we had nothing to replace the core of Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, Rashid Wallace, Ben Wallace when those guys left, right? So what went we have to we have to clear that up first before I think we can talk about this because us as Pistons fans, it's not that we're hurt that oh, you know, we made we made a wrong draft pick. It's that we had to suffer a decade of bad basketball because of one draft pick because we decade cannot... plus yeah we decade plus yeah i guess we're still in this drought right we made the playoffs once i guess hey yeah 20... listen hey technically man hey Griffin.
0: listen yeah. listen we 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 got Cade cunningham but we got him at the number one overall pick which means we had to endure a season which even though it's the most fun i've had watching this team in a long time yeah. we had to endure a season where we were just garbage right Absolute garbage.
1: So, so all of this has the backstory of the two thousand three draft of drafting mm -hmm. Darko Milicic second overall in front of Carmelo Anthony, who we I found out today promised to draft up until draft day. So, I that needs to be said before we even talk about this because it's not that we're salty of a draft pick; it's that we're salty of what has happened the past decade plus. Agreed,
0: one hundred percent. And I think. Listen, man. At the end of the day, there's just um, it, it's it's symbolic of the of the lack of of uh, it, it was the it was symbolic of the dysfunction of that franchise. Because let's listen, man. Let's just call it the way it is. Joe Dumars put together a great roster that was able to ultimately compete for a championship and win um, one, and win one, and almost win a second almost win a second Lost if robert ory yeah, yeah if robert ory doesn't make that shot in game six we we win game that five. champion yeah <sighs> yeah man yep game five that's right yep good times love it um but anyway not salty at all except i am but any um listen man it's just it's <sighs> you know like we we we've talked about this scenario in nauseam about how we we made a terrible draft pick, which ultimately set everything off. You don't get to make that 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 high of a draft pick and that talented of a draft class every year, and and it hasn't there hasn't been that talented of a draft class until this year. Eighteen years removed, we were. I was six years old when LeBron James was drafted in this league. Um, I am twenty four, and we. I got was K-
1: four, almost five.
0: hmm. So, um, you know. Doesn't happen very often, Troy. And, and now, even though we're in an era with a better front office, a great young core, a promising future, um, it's just one of those things where this is just the final nail in the coffin in the mm-hmm. in the Darko Milicic Carmelo Anthony um, 03 draft saga. Because listen, if you you can have whatever your opinions are of what Carmelo as a player ended up being. Right. There's something to be said about what the what Carmelo could have been. Right. If and he I, went I to wanted, Detroit.
1: I wanna make a uh, a take with that quick, Sean. Is yes, it hurts you and I and hundreds of thousands of other Pistons fans out there, but you know who this really hurts to even more is Carmelo Anthony himself, right? Mm-hmm. Having to watch that game on TV probably he probably watched game five on TV, right, of of Pistons and Lakers in 4 and seeing the guys that he knew or thought 99.9 he would be playing with mm-hmm. raised that Larry O'Brien trophy, right?
0: Um, well, not only that, but also to look at to, and to compare that to the Nuggets team he was on because, you know, they tried but they really never truly gave him a competitive roster. Never, 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 never. They, they gave him veteran point guards just out of their prime. And those are the only stars that he got to play with. And, um, you know, and so now Carmelo Anthony is getting his best chance to compete for an NBA championship 18 years after he was drafted. And, uh, he could have, he would have gotten a ring if he was drafted to Detroit. He would have gotten multiple rings if he was drafted to Detroit. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I don't even think, um, I don't even think we could have even left that that era. I think we could have kept going, and I think we could have. Um, he could still be on the team for all we know. We could be talking about uh, the great career and the legacy of Carmelo Anthony, but instead. It is one of, if not the biggest one. It what if it is
1: the and biggest it, what if?
0: Yeah, for the Pistons, for us Pistons fans, it is the biggest what if in NBA history. That's just always going to be the case. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, this this wound only gets this wound is only getting more painful, ap- painful apparently, and that's just never going to go away. And so, um, you know, now I think ultimately this also. Um, the, 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 only other person that this hurts as bad as it does Carmelo Anthony is that it worsens Joe Dumar's legacy as the executive of the Detroit Pistons, just that much more. Mm-hmm. Um, so agree. yeah, but Hey, listen, um, at the end of the day, Joe Dumar's only person to be involved in all three NBA championships that yeah, the Detroit Pistons have that's won. That's special.
1: So, that really is special. And mm-hmm. to win the first ever finals MVP uh in detroit pistons history too that's something else too a great accomplishment so i i'm a joe dumars fans even with
0: i, I am too i am a fan yeah. of the player yeah. i am not uh-huh. a fan of the executive
1: fair enough fair enough because uh that was a tough that was a tough three years after the billups trade too for iverson i mean that was where off bringing in cv3 one
0: and how many coaches, man? How many different? It was a
1: new one every year. A new one every year.
0: And they were, and they were all obviously gonna fail, like
1: Lawrence Frank. Sorry if you're listening, Lawrence Frank, but I knew that was a disaster as an eleven-year-old.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I was like, wait, I'm, I'm sorry, you bringing in the guy that lost eighteen straight
1: for New Jersey?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, hey. He's doing pretty good now, executive of the Clippers. I guess that's turning out okay, but <laughs> oh my gosh, it's <laughs> it just comes to show, Tr- Troy, that uh, there is no uh, there is no pain worse than the pain of a Pistons fan, and that's just uh <laughs> That's your Lions
1: fan, right, Sean? So go anyway,
0: pack, moving on to the next part of the podcast. Go
1: Paco. Got um, some cheese right here. Go ahead.
0: Uh, no, you're fine. Uh, so uh, just just dance in my pain a little more real quick. Um, congratulations um, to the Sacramento Kings for winning the summer league championship. Wow. Um, Biggest yeah.
1: drought for a playoffs in NBA history. They have not been to the playoffs in 19 years, Sean.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, but they won a championship tonight. They a won summer- a
1: championship tonight.
0: Yeah. A summer league championship. Um, but hey, I will say Davion Mitchell, um, yeah. stud, yeah, absolute stud. I think I think he definitely had the best summer league. This
1: um, this has been the best draft that I can remember, Sean. Since, in my opinion, I mean, you say twenty seventeen, I, I say t- two thousand
0: nine. When did I say twenty seventeen for the draft?
1: On draft day. We sit sat next to each other at Little Caesars Arena.
0: Okay, well, yeah, best one since then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think I think this is the best draft class in three. Okay. I go that far. I go that far, Troy.
1: Okay, yeah, I can see it. I can see it.
0: As far as a depth standpoint, I mean, Davion Mitchell was the ninth pick. Mm-hmm. There were eight guys drafted above him, and mm-hmm. I think they just got a Drew Holiday. Like, I think I think he mm-hmm. is like. That kind of guy on both sides of the ball. And, uh, you know, at first I was like, that's confusing. They have all these guards. But, I mean, that's the best guy available. That guy's a winner. He goes out and wins a a national championship. He goes and wins a summer league championship. Um, You know, listen, that could be a culture changer for the Sacramento Kings too. So, hey, you know what? Um, You're not going to make the playoffs again this year. But, hey, good for you guys, man, winning the summer league title. Um, we, I thought we were going to win the summer league title
1: I did too. You, and, you bet some money in Vegas, didn't you?
0: Yeah. So funny story, you know what happened? Um, so I, I made the bet with DraftKings sports books, right? And I, I bet 25 bucks that the Pistons were going to win the summer league championship and it wasn't looking so good because we lost Oklahoma city first game. I get an email from DraftKings saying, we didn't ever mean to actually have people bet on this. We're going to refund your money. So (laughs) I didn't, I didn't lose any money. I'm free, man. I'm good. I like that. I like that. Yeah, me too. Hey, I'm not complaining. I'll keep my 25 bucks. You know what I'm saying? Troy.
1: Yeah. But uh, on your last take, I wanted to quote you from two, three weeks ago on our podcast. How many guards can the Sacramento Kings draft?
0: dude? Apparently a lot,
1: babe.
0: (laughs) hey, 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 two of them uh deared fox all three of their past point guards they've drafted have all been hit so hey i guess we're gonna see the first dynasty constructed of only point guards that's what it feels like (laughs) i think if the king's
1: (laughs) drafting though i think of them taking jimmer over clay
0: um i think i think for them
1: that might be a uh, that's right and people thought that was a
0: and people thought that was a win for that yeah. like that was like people were hyped about Jim Yeah, whatever.
1: I think if you're a Kings fan that's your biggest what if, right?
0: I mean, if I'm the Kings, there's a, there's a ton of what ifs. We could go we could do a whole podcast about about their mishaps and their <laughs> and how how terrible they are as a franchise, but that's uh, <laughs> that Poor that Kings would be fans. too long. Yeah, yeah. you know. We, we would have to, you know, it wouldn't even be the starting grounds that they had an owner that genuinely wondered why they weren't just cherry picking each possession. <laughs> like, literally, he was like, no, it makes sense. Why not just have four guys play defense, have one guy at the offensive end the whole time, and then he can catch it and he can go and score. Like, he literally said that. Yeah. He literally believed in cherry picking. Like, he, didn't, he wondered why it wasn't more of a thing. So that's a, so that's insane. But anywho, that's a whole other conversation. Um, Troy, it's time to, it's time for our favorite segment from Mount Rushmore with Troy Sergi
1: From Mount Rushmore. And so did- I got a special request from uh give him a shout out earlier. Axel sites who has listened to every podcast that we've done uh, Mount Rushmore of defensive players. Now this can be on ball and interior defensive players. And uh, I haven't really given this enough time, to be honest, but I've given it, I'm an NBA fan for the past uh, 13 years, so I can, I can, I I know my history. So I guess I'll just start off uh, to quote uh, in his beautiful song, Basketball, by Curtis Blow, not Lil Bow Wow, but Curtis Blow, standing tall, playing D with desire, it's Basketball. Dikembe Matumbo standing strong. <laughs> the deep playing desire. This is basketball. Yeah, that's how it goes. So yes, no uh uh de Mutombo No, no, no. No, no, no. Uh yes, De Mutombo Matumbo is gonna be on my first uh list. Uh definitely probably the best player in Atlanta Hawks history. Are we gonna go that route? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, Maybe Dominique Wilkins, maybe, maybe Dominique Wilkins. Uh, But uh, Dikembe, a close second, Um, played about 10, 15 plus years in the NBA. Uh, Just the dude was a freak athlete at at his time. You know, I think he's a guy that was so athletic for his size uh, and blocked a lot of shots. I I don't know how many per game you the stats on Dikembe. Um, Yep. Because I I think when I think of defense, I think of athleticism. I think of hops and uh, Dikembe had it all. So how many blocks a game did he average for his career, Sean?
0: So um, he finished with 2.8 blocks per game in his career. Um, He's number two all time in blocks with 3,289. He is a four-time defensive player. of The year winner made six all defensive teams. Um and he led the NBA in blocks three times. So
1: yeah, that's big. That's huge. Mm-hmm. So I, you can't have Dikembe Mutombo not on this list, in my opinion.
0: I agree. Um, if we're talking other big men, um, that deserve to be on this list, uh, I'm gonna say Akeem Olajuwon also deserves to be on this list. Sure. sure. Um, he uh he is number one all time in blocks yeah. with three thousand eight hundred and thirty. Uh, He's a nine-time All-Defensive Player. He's won Defensive Player of the Year two times. He's won a couple titles. Akeem, The Dream, Olajuwon, uh, the the one guy that you could say that was drafted above Michael Jordan and is not a bust. (laughs) So I, I guess that guy turned out to have a decent career. I think we could say that.
1: I think uh, we could. We yeah. talked a little, little bit last time with being the number one pick uh, ahead of Jordan, but we can't call that a bust, right? Because mm-hmm. of the incredible career that he had. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Hakeem the Dream, Elijah Juan, That's his nickname. Houston Rockets led them to an NBA Finals to, that won in 95, I believe. Um, so he's a champion, and you'll never yeah, take that away Yeah, two-time champ, from, baby. You'll never take that away from Hakeem the mm-hmm. Dream. So.
0: Yeah, who else deserves to be on this list, Troy?
1: I think uh, former Chicago Bull, uh, Dallas Mavericks legend, uh, San Antonio Spurs legend. Uh, he might be a Piston legend too. Uh, it's not like he had his jersey retired or anything. Okay, okay,
0: you're. Being uh, you
1: know I'm joking. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dennis the Worm or Rodman?
0: Absolutely, baby. Yeah, Dennis Rodman absolutely deserves to be on this list. Um, yeah. He, listen he was just an absolute stud on the defensive end he was suffocating um, absolutely unreal I mean the guy was just a workhorse um I mean you know Dennis robbins a lunatic but um, he was crazy on the defensive end and uh, you know he yeah just absolutely unreal I think Dennis Robbins deserves to be on this list for sure um, just some of just some of his blocks and just the way he was able to lock you down and force turnovers. All this stuff, I I, I think, you know, I think he absolutely deserves to be on this list. No doubt in my mind.
1: Right, right, absolutely. And I think i see this picture trend on Facebook time and time again by, like, my former, like, high school coaches and stuff of, it's a stat line for one of his games, and it's like uh, 19 rebounds, 5 blocks, 3 steals, 40 minutes, 0 points. And And it says he knew his role on the team. And that's exactly what Dennis Robin was. I mean, yeah. the last dance did that a lot, uh, had a whole segment on him and what he meant to that Chicago bulls team. And really what he meant to our Detroit Pistons team in the late eighties too. coming in mm-hmm. uh, as a, as a rookie and really uh, showing that he deserved, deserved to be in the league and belong in the league uh, early in his career before going to uh, you know all those other teams and then going to Chicago as well. So, Dennis Rodman is a guy who understood defense, defense, defense. And when I watch, you know, especially like with the Jordan rules in the late 80s, and even Jordan's Bulls in the 90s, um, Mm -hmm. of of watching uh, Dennis Rodman play, I think the biggest thing is, he was a nightmare to uh to go up against right and i mean when i think of defensive players and the best defensive players to ever live are guys that you don't want you don't look forward to uh you know guarding in in the nba so you know dennis rodman was a guy that i think no matter if you were a 20 point plus a night game scorer, you feared to go against dennis rodman each and every every game but yes lunatic too i think yeah. that made him better i think that made him oh, better yeah yeah 100 crazy side to him so
0: 100 man listen yeah. if you got some crazy to you uh you know patrick beverly like you said you know yeah. kind of like the modern like uh like ron artest gives me some right. dennis Rodman advice listen like some like some of the best defenders they're just weird
1: yeah like just right.
0: as people they're just weird and that's okay yeah. Yeah. um i think uh so in my opinion um this is a very center and big, heavy list. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think if you're going to do a fourth on a Mount Rushmore, in my opinion, it's hard to not give it to a guard.
1: Yeah, you know, and I'm with you too. I mean, the the best honorable mention we could possibly do, Sean, is big Ben Wallace. Well, like, yeah, 100%. It
0: hurts ben Wallace, my heart
1: to not have him on the list. Listen, but let's. we do have to give this yeah. last spot to a guard,
0: yeah. Yeah, listen. So uh, some honorable mentions real quick. Ben Wallace. Absolutely. Um Michael Jordan.
1: Yeah, big time. Honorable
0: mention. Uh Scottie Pippen, yeah. I would say. Um there Dwight and,
1: Howard. We gotta have Dwight Howard. Honorable mention. Yeah. I okay. Two thousand eight, I mean, two thousand nine, Dwight Howard.
0: Peak Dwight Howard, yes, but I think there were better defenders than him. Okay, like, fair. Enough. I I think like, you know, Tim Hunkin. Tim Hunkin. Uh, Tim Duncan is Tim <laughs> What did he play for? What did he play for, Sean? He played for he played for the Magic Mike Lakers. Not the Magic Johnson Lakers. He played for the Magic Mike Lakers. Oh my god. Let's put Shaq
1: on the honorable mention. Oh yeah, Shaq.
0: Oh Shaq's absolutely an honorable mention. Um but when I'm thinking of the guard that has to be on this list, it's the glove, right? It's it's the glove Gary Payton.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have no problem with him on the list. Who? He wasn't on the top of my head, but yeah, Who, who's I, it? Who's I like is, Gary Payton.
0: Who's at the top of your head? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Okay. Yeah. Listen, I, I think I think they're both absolutely up there. Um, They both made nine all defensive teams. Yeah. That's um, incredible. They both won defensive player of the year. Um, Michael Jordan led the league in steals three times whereas Gary Payton led it in 95, 96. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, wow. Okay, yeah, they, yeah, that's tough. If, if it's not the glove, it's Michael. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those two, but I, I think I'm going to give the edge. I think I'm going to give the edge to, you know what? No, I think we got to give it to Michael. I, I, I honestly, I, I think I got to give it because like, If you look like, okay, let me, I'm just looking at like a list of stats. I pulled up the 50 best defensive players of all time and it has, um, so career steals per game, um, Gary Payton at 1.8, Michael Jordan at 2.3 blocks. Gary Payton at 0.2, Michael Jordan had 0.8, um, same amount of all defensive team selections, same amount of Defensive Player of the Year awards. Mm-hmm. Gary Payton only won one championship. Michael Jordan won six. six yeah. And yeah, uh, six. and at one point, he was questioned on his ability as to be a defender. And then he won Defensive Player of the Year and proved that he could be uh, the best defender in the league if he wanted to be. So um, for a guy to be that dominant on the offensive end to also be that dominant on the defensive end, He's got to be on the Mount Rushmore. He's the greatest player of all time, both ends.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and I think just looking at when you – and looking at Michael Jordan play defense of how poised he is, right, on the ball, at the rim, uh, passion, just uh, an athletic freak too. Michael Jordan's an athletic freak, so, Mm you know, I – I'm glad that you decided to change your mind, Sean. Well, cause yeah. at
0: first, yeah. Cause, cause at first yeah. I was like, Oh, it's Michael Jordan. I was like, Oh, but Gary Payton. I mean, he was literally called the glove. It's just, yeah. it's tough. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, and, and it's even tough because like, it's hard to leave guys like Giannis off this list right? just from right. how much of a sheer athletic freak he is. It's hard to leave off guys like Kawhi Leonard on this list. Yeah. Um, I was
1: going to say Kawhi would be up there too.
0: LeBron James is a pretty yeah, good LeBron. defender um i mean there's just there's just an abs like if you if you're just looking at the list of some of the greatest defenders Mm -hmm. some of your best
1: offensive players were also your best defensive players that's what's cool too that's why it's an anomaly when we see guys like harden who just is not on this list
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey he's a better defender than people give him credit for Uh, i won't say that much
1: okay 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 period (laughs)
0: that is the okay mr colby white is the greatest of all time
1: (laughs) back to that who's not on this list sean is the mailman
0: (laughs) and on that note ladies and gentlemen this is feeling like a great place this episode's going off the rails quickly and i'm here for it
1: we're in to end where we started right
0: oh 100 we're gonna mail it in
1: we're going to mail it in on the mail, Not Carl Malone style, right? No, no, not
0: Carl Malone. style. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. We got the, we got Tim Honkin, We got the mail band. We got Kobe white dude. So many jokes <laughs> that are going to be coming from this episode. I can't think of a better one to have uh, as, as their first video episode, Troy.
1: Yeah, it's been fun.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. But Hey, thank you so much for watching. Uh, thank you so much for listening as well. Um, you can follow Troy on Twitter at TroySergi44, and you can follow me at Sean Half Court. Again, uh, be sure to subscribe, hit that notification bell, go to go to From Half Court on YouTube. Um, also, uh, share this podcast with a friend. It's available on all podcast services that your heart desires. Thank you so much for listening. This has been From Half Court, and we will see you next time from Half Court. <laughs>